Luke's Gospel, chapter 23 and verse 46 reads, When Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Those words have since, in the, uh, the ages that have followed, become a, a cry of the, of the saints, particularly saints in times of suffering or persecution or martyrdom. But Jesus, of course, gives it its deepest significance. We've just ended with this marvelous account from the Gospel of John with Jesus being committed to the grave. I think probably most of you have been to a graveside committal service and sometimes in, a, in our society where funerals are not the, necessarily the social event of the season, we sometimes look at the graveside committal as kind of an afterthought or um, just kind of one of those traditions, you know, that comes up and we sort of wonder what it's for. Why are, why are we doing this? Except for just those people that just want to, you know, see their loved one, you know, put in, put in the, the place where they're going to be resting. Beyond that, uh, why should we really be too concerned about it? But here Jesus was committed to the grave and uh, in many ways that tradition that we practice that springs out of this passage as well where Jesus is laid in the tomb. But on the cross, before, before he was put in that tomb, he already, in a sense, uh, said the words of his own committal. He confessed uh, that with confidence that the Lord, he was confident the Lord would take care of his soul. He declared his committal with the confidence that his redeeming work was finished and that the remainder of his work, that is of inter intercession and care for his people, uh, is about to begin. And he could make this statement, I commit my spirit into your hands, Father, because he trusted his Father. What did he trust about the Father? Well, the first thing, is that he trusted his father's redemption plan. He said in John's gospel earlier, chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Therefore, I, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This command I have from the Father. The Lord Jesus Christ, contrary to the way the world often portrays him, didn't walk, walk into the Passion Week uh, wringing his hands and wondering what was going to happen and wondering if he should go do this after all. No, even in the passages that we've heard here this evening, uh, when Peter said, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. The disciples said, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. He says, are you telling me that I shouldn't do what the fathers tell, told me that I'm going to do? He had absolute confidence in the father's redemptive plan. And he was the one who was at the heart of that plan. 
in the, uh, this is not something that um, he's just announcing to them at this point in his earthly ministry either. Earlier, he had preached from the gospel, uh, I started to say the gospel of Isaiah, but that's kind of appropriate, actually. Isaiah is full of the gospel. From the prophet Isaiah, chapter 61, there when he went to the synagogue in Nazareth, he preached from uh, that passage that says, the spirit of the Lord Yahweh is upon me because Yahweh has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, uh, the uh, opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of Yahweh and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of Yahweh, that he may be glorified. Does that sound to you? Like Jesus was wondering if his father's plan was worth it or was going to work. No, he followed up the reading of that passage to that congregation there in Nazareth with the words, these days, these words are fulfilled in your hearing. As far as he was concerned, it was already done. Jesus had confidence in his father's redemptive plan. And you should too. Because he has fulfilled it. He also trusted his father's power. What he gives us here is an incredible example of what it means to commit one's soul to God. You know, it's easy to express confidence and faith in someone when... Everything that they say and do is great, right? When everything seems to work out well for you, it's easy to put your confidence in them. Uh, we're in an election season right now. And people are putting their confidence in all kinds of people. Um, I would say even in the best of candidates, um, that confidence is misguided. How many times have we seen even those that we consider the best of candidates unable to fulfill their promises, sometimes through no fault of their own, just because of the machinery that they become a part of. But Jesus knew that there was a greater power than man's. And as he stood there, as we've read this evening, as he stood there before Pilate and said to him, you would have no power whatsoever, no authority whatsoever unless it had been given to you from above. And Pilate you can almost hear the audible breath as he sucks in and goes, Whew, what am I dealing with here? Jesus knew his father's power. He knew the command that had been given to him. And it's really interesting when, he, when we read this verse uh, in, in Luke 23, verse 46, that he breathed his last. This is not the usual way that, that uh, someone's dying is expressed. Uh, as far as I know, this is unique in the scriptures, in the way this is expressed. Uh, it has the idea, uh, the, the word is, he breathed out his life. There's control. There's peace. There's nothing frantic about it. There's no, no wondering if this is the right thing. 
This is not the first time that Jesus has expressed faith in the Father's plan and power perfectly. Earlier in the Gospel of John, chapter 11, Jesus is praying for Lazarus. Remember, Lazarus has died. He's been put in the tomb. He's been in there how many days? Three. You think that's an accident? No, it's not. But in there three days, and they're all saying, Lord, uh, oh, please don't take that stone away because this is not going to smell good at all. Jesus said, take the stone away. Do you remember his prayer? What he says there in John 11? He doesn't say, oh, Lord, please, please bring Lazarus back. He prays, he lifts his eyes to heaven and he says to the Father, Father, I know you can do all things. I know what you sent me here to do. I'm not praying this for uh, your sake. I'm praying it for their sake that they might know who you are and that I come from you. And then he turns to the grave and says, Lazarus, come forth. And he does. Jesus has absolute confidence in, in, the, in his Father's power. He knows that his father has given him a command. He knows that he has the power to lay down his life, breathe it out, and he, has, he will have the power to take it up again because he is the God of heaven. And you can trust your father's power to redeem your soul. For the same power that commanded Jesus to lay down his life and take it up again is the power that calls unto us irresistibly, lovingly, powerfully to come to him. And when he, we do come to him by his grace, there is nothing and no one that can pluck us out of his powerful hand. You can also trust the Father's Redeemer. We talked about the redemptive plan, but you can trust the person of the Lord Jesus. I love this passage, and I'm sure you do too, from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, so, uh, which uh, actually this is sort of, you know, this is the spoiler alert for Sunday, okay? So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is simply putting the punctuation, uh, uh, the exclamation point on the end of Jesus' thought where he in John 14 said, to the, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. He is the only redeemer. He is the only mediator between God and man. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's very likely because many of the things that Jesus said on the cross uh, have uh, are echoes of not just, they're not just his spur of the moment being profound and unique. He's usually quoting or nearly quoting something from the Old Testament. And here it's very likely that Jesus uh, was just to draw these threads together, constantly showing that, yes, 
He's the Messiah. He's the one who fulfills all things. He really cites uh, Psalm 31, verse 5. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Yahweh, God of truth. And then later on in that same Psalm, verse 24, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in Yahweh. Jesus knew that he was the Father's Redeemer. And you may trust that the Father has known from the beginning and even before the beginning of time what his plan was, how he was going to bring it about, and with certainty, with certainty, that it would all be accomplished. And that brings me to the last point, that just as Jesus trusted his Father's redemption plan and you can, re you can trust the Redeemer, Jesus trusted his Father's power, so can you. You may trust the Father's power because what God ordains, he accomplishes. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. And the context here is He's speaking about the gospel that's according to the power of God. Now, I know that uh, these days with gas prices being four plus bucks a gallon and um, all kinds of questions and things about, you know, the financial system and, you know, cryptocurrency and the value of the dollar and what, what in the world are the Chinese doing and our incredible... Uh, 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 immoral amount of debt that this country's in and all those kinds of things. Yet I still am pretty much guessing that for almost everybody here, it's probably true that you didn't wake up this morning and was going, my bank, is my money still in the bank? Anybody think that? Okay, good. Never had once anybody ever say that yes, they had thought that. There are times maybe during the day when you go and you look at your retirement account and go, Whew. in fact, I did that today. I looked and I went, okay, that went down a little bit. And then other days I come back, oh, look, it went up a little bit. Um, but I didn't think about my bank. I didn't think about there being a run at the bank. I didn't think about my bank being robbed. I didn't think about somebody embezzling everything that's in the, in the bank. Um, I'm pretty sure that my money is in the bank. Okay? Now, why do you say, <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? What did you, when you deposited that money in the bank, what's another word for deposit in the context of what we're talking about here? You've committed your money to that bank. If you can have trust, that kind of trust in a human institution that fail. Banks do fail, do they not? It's really not all that complicated, dear friends, to have that kind of trust in the power of the Father to keep our souls. If you're in Christ, you don't wake up in the morning uh, as a general rule going, I wonder if I'm still saved today. 
when there are times of doubt, usually it's in times when we are struggling with some sort of sin or the other, trying to gain victory over it or whatever. Or I know there have been times in my life when temptations have arisen and uh, the tempter comes to me and just basically says, you know, who are, who are you to serve God? You don't deserve this. You don't have the right to do this. You're not equipped to do this. All that kind of stuff. And you may have had some kinds of doubts in your life. But ultimately, if you're trusting the Lord Jesus Christ and you're his, he keeps you defiled and it does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Do you have that kind of confidence? Have you, by his grace, committed your soul to his safekeeping through the blood of Jesus Christ? Again, in John's Gospel, chapter 11, Jesus said to Lazarus' sister, Martha, a verse that probably most everybody here knows by heart. I am the resurrection and the life. Remember, she was like, oh Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Hopefully you'd been here. He said, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Martha confessed her faith there, which is a blessing to read as well. Jesus trusted the Father's plan, his powerful command. Do you? If you do, repent, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out if you're struggling with sin. Commit your soul into his hands by his grace because he never fails. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you for the example of the Lord Jesus who trusted in your plan and your power to bring it about. Lord, grant us the grace to trust in your plan and in your redeemer, to trust your power to redeem us and keep us unto glory. Lord, even as we soberly contemplate the magnitude of the sacrifice required and are humbled by that, let us rejoice in the hope that is ours as we commit our souls into your matchless hands. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We'll stand for our...